making you feel good all day long. This is Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to Super Yacht Radio. Today in the crew mess, I will be joined by Pippa Nicholas, the general manager of Yacht Projects, and Michael Adams, the CEO and founder of Wet Global Holdings, an innovative water-enhancing technology business that provide transformative technical solutions to corporates, national governments, individuals, and now, through association with Yacht Projects, the marine sector. Welcome to the crew mess. Thanks for being with us here at Super Yacht Radio, uh, wherever you are. We are joined today by one of my favorite people in the world, Pippa Nicholas. How are you, Pippa? I'm very well, thank you, David. Sitting in the sunshine somewhere in the south of England. And we're also joined by Michael Adams, who is the founder and CEO of Wet Global Holdings. Michael, thank you for joining us on the station today. Pleasure to be here. Tell me all about it, because you, as the name suggests, Wet Global, we're talking water. Well, WET actually stands for Water Enhancing Technology. Nice one. There's a lead. Yeah, like yeah. well done. So, uh, and what we do as a company is we actually work with water, whereas 90% of companies that say they're water companies, they're not. They're pipes and pumps. Mm-hmm. WET, which has also got the acknowledgement from the British government and HMRC that we're actually called a KIC now, a knowledge-intensive company, following on from our European Seal of Excellence and our technology awards, we actually work with water itself and we are working in the areas of reducing antibiotics in, in, in the, the food chain. We're working with reducing sugar in the sugar drinks and one of the biggest areas which is the marine technology, is the prevention of microplastics and making sure that everybody gets to drink a superior, great-tasting water from their own tap. Okay. That's, what we're, that's our aim. Well, let, let's, let's break that down uh, one at a time. The first, we've got a little bit of echo, so I do apologize to those listening, but can't be helped right now. Antibiotics. So you pro- I've read your website. It's this really fascinating stuff there. You take water, removing antibiotics. That, to me, is one of the most important things. The amount of stuff that ends up in our water system, people chucking tablets down a uh, drain, it gets into uh, the cycle. Adil, what's the process you go through? Well, we are using what's known as a combination of filtration technologies. Technology that's been out as long as 3,000 years ago, started by the Egyptians. The Egyptians were the first ones to understand the creation of water. And not a lot of people know this, but the pyramids actually were part parcel of creating water. In fact, I have very good knowledge that the the pyramids are actually in a big diastrate of flooding. And Mm -hmm. the reason is, is they go so high, it's because of the atmospheric conditions and the sand, obviously taking the wind, keeping the cool and the heat, creates internal water. So filtration from the sand, from peat around the world, naturally, our natural earth cleans water, enabling us to drink it. That I didn't know about the pyramid. I did know that there was um, traces of water there, but I didn't know it was to do with filtration. This is a big problem we're having. At, we've been having for years with antibiotics in our water systems. I think given rise to a lot of the superbugs we see where we're becoming 
uh, resistant to a lot of the antibiotics that we're trying to use. How do you get them out of the water? How do you I mean? Is, are you using a special filtration method that, that's so fine? How, how do you remove them? Not trying to become too technical, but it's part of a zeolite technology of absorption. We use certain materials, uh, media materials that, that's been available, been around for years. And what we do is we take conventional filtration, enhance them with these medias that allows us to reduce the antibiotics that's found in the water. We've actually manufactured a product that we brought out for agriculture because this is the big area of, of concern and the British government want to reduce the antibiotic use by 25%. So we're working on both sides. We're producing a water that livestock can drink to prevent them taking antibiotics. And on the other side, the water source that comes to them, we're taking the antibiotics out. The double whammy, a win-win. That's something that water enhancing technology can do. Wow. And the same kind of technology that's addressing the microplastics as well? I've lost. All sorts of filtration. Uh, we look at all sorts, yeah. all sorts of water filtration that's out there uh, c can look at uh, microplastics. One of many companies can actually remove microplastics. Unfortunately, the world is not geared up for it. The water boards are not geared up for it. The bottled water companies are not geared up for it. And as we all know, there's not one part of the ocean that's been found to be free of microplastics we can this is something that we wanted to rush and get this system out there so that water that can attract these viruses and attract these bacteria we can clean it from that therefore preventing the viruses and the bacteria to get into the water supply as much as we prevent the estrogens the, the pathogens and as I said, the microplastics as well as the antibiotics. It's a very fine level of filtration. We've enhanced it to become a very fine level of filtration with uh, as, as least waste as we can have and obviously least power. So it's a sustainable and environmental target that we're trying to achieve with the cleaning of water. Mm. And the, the, the other thing that you, you mentioned a little bit earlier on was sugar, reducing people's intakes of sugar. How, how does this work? We as a company, we started, we supply elite sports. We supply um, the top elite sports. In, in the UK, the last English Premier League champions, going back to 2010, all drink pure ionic water. And the reason for that is because of, of the announcements and the cleaning of, of, of the actual water itself. So what we've done is we've developed water that we took to a certain pH naturally. Now, that natural pH is the key. You cannot do it with electrolysis. Ionized water, fantastic marketing, great branding, but the water itself, it's a house of cards. As soon as it's exposed, uh, it will drop down to its original pH before the electrolysis. So therefore, when you get companies using that and they want to retain, and this is important, when they want to retain the flavoring, the water is acidic to tax the flavoring. So the key is to have it a natural alkalinity. What we developed and won the European Seal of Excellence for was a water that could sustain a natural, great taste in high pH so that when you added the flavor, you did not require the sugar. Very, sounds very simple. It was complicated. It took us a long time to develop it, but we can do it. And we did it in such a way that we can commercialize it so it can be produced up to 2,000 liters a minute. So now it's given the beverage industry, the food industry, a fantastic water that's going to allow them to produce their products without the use or requirement of sugar. 
So, so if I if if I'm a manufacturer of some orange drink, uh, I can use your water and reduce the amount of sugar that I would normally add to this in order to get the same sweet tasting result. Simple. And we, we won on three categories of it, and we were awarded with the EU. With one of the fortunate companies that we were supported by UK Innovate, the government, they gave us our, our, the investment that we needed to develop it. Then we went on to bigger grants, and then we uh, achieved the success of being acknowledged by the EU that we are a company that knows what we're doing. We have now got the international beverage bottling plants coming to it, knocking on our door for our systems which is going to change the face and reduce sugar by at least 50-60% without having to add chemical sweeteners. Because chemical sweeteners, they've got a long-term black door coming soon. And we all know now how things bite us back. There's no cheap fix. You have to do things naturally. You have to do things sensibly. And you've got to sustain the environment. And, and that's our key drivers. Well, the the knock-on effect, you know, the, uh, you know the, the implications for obesity. And you know, we all know how good sugar is for your health. The benefits are are potentially huge. We've been guided by elite sports scientists. We've worked with them since two thousand and four, and they've been the mainstay of our of our of, of our research. We've got top professors and top doctors in our research uh, academy that, that helps us develop these. But we're working with water. This is what you have to understand. We work with water. We're not pumps and pipes. Where, where do you we get your, Where do you get your water from? I mean, some people might think, oh, there's a spring somewhere and you've built a factory on it. If you've got a supply of water, we can create our water. So anywhere in the world. So I can either hook into the, the mains or I have my own spring that I drill down to pull it out. This is all about to be able to allow yacht marine vessels to take up their water through their existing uh, systems or straight from the ocean, and we can clean it to a fantastic drinking water. Okay. That's what we can do. Well, this brings us to Pippa, because uh, you, you've recently, if I can use the commercial term, you've recently got into bed with Pippa. <laughs> Thank you, David, for that thought. I'm, I'm talking, that's a commercial term, Pippa. I don't know what you're implying by that, but that's how we used to say it in corporate land. Um, but there's obviously, there's a great synergy between your companies. Maybe, Pippa, I can ask you how this uh, this this marriage came about and, and where, do, where do you, as YPI, fit into this? Well, uh, David, you know um, you know that, that what we do is, uh, as a company, and we have interests in, in the waste management, uh, the, uh, the waste side of the, the program through our Headhunter Association, <laughs> and also, we tend to look after levels on boards and tank sensors and you know that sort of stuff. We were at uh, Monica Boat Show last year, and um, we saw that WEP had a display going there, and they had some units on display that were producing water, and they were handing it out in in um, in ecological type containers. And you both, well, you know Kim, and you know Deborah, and of course they're Save the World uh, people, who and. Uh, so they dragged me along there and I'm trying to do all the other bits and pieces we're trying to do at the boat show and see the people we need to see and try this water. And, and there was a, a gentleman on the stand uh, along with one of the ladies that's, um, that, that's now working with us who was a real card. He was a real, you know, was an outgoing chap, really lovely guy. We chatted a wee bit, tasted the water. I liked it. I liked the taste. I thought it was really good. I felt really great after drinking it in that hot Monaco weather. The cup was great. Uh, 
the whole idea was great. So, and and um, so you know. Can, they, I, sorry, can I ask, Pepper? You, you say you tasted the water and it tasted great. It, to me, if if I taste water, ideally I shouldn't taste anything. And if it's not good water, I should taste water that I go like, oh, that tastes weird. Uh, when you say it tastes good, is it that it it? Yeah, well, I, 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 how do you mean by that? Well, I mean, now, you know, you're asking me a question that I now know the answer to and why it tastes good. But I guess most people out there have no real idea why water tastes differently. And it's That's all why to do I asked with, the question. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all to do with the, uh, the, the pH value of the water. You know, normal sort of water that we see in our tanks on boats sits around 7.2, 7.4, you know, swimming pools. That you know, each, each pH value has a particular taste. And the higher that, that pH value goes, the nicer it tastes. Well, when I say nicer, I mean it's more palatable. It's more, it's more. Um, well, it's just nicer, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, what what I've learnt in time through the association that we've had is too is that that taste also has a feedback into how the hydration of the body takes place. So, as the pH value changes, so does the water, the hydration value of the water that you're drinking. So we, um, we absorb I'll, more. I, yes, I, I'll let I'll let Michael go on with that further as as we uh, later on in the discussion. But he can he can uh, put the technical the proper technical side into that. But um, what what happens uh, in in boats, of course, is you know we take we make water from the sea. We, mm -hmm. So it's RO. We take everything out of it. We take salt out of it. We take every the things we don't take out of it through the RO on a boat are microplastics. And viruses and things like that. I mean, that's always going to be in the water. We treat the water after that to take care of some of it. But in essence, on a boat, we never get rid of the microplastics that are in the ocean that come through the RO system. Also, then, of course, the boat pulls into Monaco, say, or or pulls into Jean Lapin or um, Antibes or, uh, I don't know, English Harbour in Antigua. And we take water from the shore and we mix it all together. And in that tank is all this water from all over the world that's all mixed up together. And it has all varying tastes and bugs and all that sort of stuff. So we can never really tell what's in the water. I mean, you know, as an engineer of a boat, and all the engineers out there all know this, they come out of you know, refit every year. We do a subdechlorination of the tanks. And, you know, theoretically, we've, we all feel relatively comfortable that we've killed everything and no one's going to die of anything coming out of the tanks of the boat. But in essence, once you sort of really get into the way that this works, there's a lot more to it. And then we come back to the taste. So when we became, you know, Deborah and, and Kim pushed and pushed and pushed me to go back to talk to these guys, and we ended up getting a meeting, going and talking to them. And then I met Michael, and anybody out there who meets Michael in the end, he's the, he's the most informative gentleman I think I've ever come through. Just don't give him a bottle of red wine. But the, the bottom line is he's, it, it's an amazing, he's an amazing chap. He's got this history of sportsmen and, and, and sports medicine uh, or help working with sports medicine to achieve levels of things that, you know, products like Gatorade are all sugar. And, mm. and you know, years ago, that's all you saw were the people that were supporting these, sponsoring these types of companies. He's been doing it for years and doing it quietly in the background, proving the product. Here we are now at a place where we're in a position to be able to offer it to Superyacht. And I guess there's things we can discuss further on. The other benefits of it within the Superyacht are not just the Superyacht industry, the marine industry in general. 
there are so many benefits for it. Not just, you know, not just its taste, not just its cleanliness, not just everything. There are so many other benefits on yachts. Um, just one very quickly is the fact that, you know, gone will be the days of the, of the chief stew turning up at the back of the boat with, with the headlights of the car looking to the trees and everybody on the boat having to spend 25 minutes unloading bottled water and bring it onto the boat. Where do we store it? What do we do with it? How do we deal with the plastic bottles afterwards? That, those days will be gone because it'll all be there coming out of one tap, faucet, tap, whatever you want to call it. It'll be all coming out of one tap. Potato, on tomato. Tomato, tomato. Um, I won't and so the I won't tell you what it says on our fridge, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so so the once I sort of started getting into it, it, it grabbed me. It was just one of these things. And you know that your projects as a company, we're always diverse, we're always looking at other things. As we had the the interview the other day we had with Arm with the Arms project, you know, which was very good and I thank you very much. We've had a huge response to it. It's been an amazing response from it. So we're always diverse. We're always looking for new things. COVID-19 means that we've sat back and looked at some other things and, and other ways of making money, you know, mm -hmm. and, and not only just making money because it's not all about making money. It's, it's about ending up giving people at the end of the, end of the tunnel, a product that works for them that will good. save them. Yeah. It'll do good for the planet. It'll save the owner's pocket at the end of the time. These systems that we're talking about here with the water are that the way that the system works, because it is a system, we're not we're not putting it in a bottle and giving it to you. Know we're actually making it yeah. on the boat. Want to want to come to so that those, in a second? Yeah, sure. So, but you know the so those systems are, are are very cost efficient or cost effective, I should say, within that aspect of saving the plastics that you bring on board, the time it takes to go and get the water there. But you put all those little. 10, 15, 20 minutes together over the years, over the year, and this system's pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, that's my bit. Qu question for you, Michael, and this is one of those questions where my, my wife would typically kick me under the table for asking because you may not know the answer to it. I love drinking a cup of tea. Cup of tea, to me, is... You know, life isn't worth it unless I have a good cup of tea. And I get my tea bag shipped over from Ireland. That's some English tea you're looking at there, Pippa. No. Barry's Irish tea. The The type of water I, I make my tea with matters. If I use tap water, I can tell the difference. Sometimes I use bottled water. The water your, your system produces, if you're using this for cooking, if you're in the galley and you use it for cooking, it doesn't make a difference to the taste in the food. I would, I would argue right. it probably does. But Explain a few things because obviously I was listening to what Pippa said. First of all, minerals is what creates the true pH. If you've got the right balance minerals, you create a pH. What we've uh, learned and been educated on is there is a correct balance of minerals. And that balance of minerals gives you what we call great tasting water. Your question was, is what makes a great tasting water? A great tasting water is something that doesn't attack and dry your tongue. And when you make your tea, you'll probably find that happens quite a lot. And there'll be some water that doesn't happen. Without water, it will not dry your tongue. What it does, it cleans the palate of the tongue. So if you want to drink that glass of red, and you want to try a different taste, drink our water, because our water will hydrate the tongue because of the minerals and clean and balance it. So when you actually make your tea, you're actually tasting the tea, not the water, because the water is balanced. 
the problem that you might have, and we found this, especially with the uh, restaurant leisure business that's come to us for this, and we actually have some of our system in some of the top of the world's um, leisure and, and recovery centers. And the one thing they've all found is that their product tastes better because they can now get the natural taste. We spoke about it in beverages. We're not having to work with acidic water. We're not having to mask it. You're actually now having water which hydrates. That's why a dog would always drink something from the rain in a puddle than the tap. Because he knows, I ain't drinking that because I know what's in that water coming from the tap. And I'm sure we've all had a chlorinated shower, so we know what we're talking about. I had one this morning, especially to, especially for our interview. <laughs> so t- tell me the, the equipment I need and, and the complexity of, of putting this onto a yacht, Pippa. How big, how bulky, and how easy is it to, to install? And also the maintenance of it. Um, as an engineer, what do I need to know about this? Well, in essence, it's relatively simple, shall I say, for an engineer. The footprint with inside the vessel that it takes up is minimal. Um, as part of the deal that uh, we've done with Michael and is, as you know, and some of our listeners will know, I was recently inducted into the um, the uh, honorary company of Master Mariners in London. Offices for the honorary company of Master Mariners is the ship on the Thames, the white ship on the Thames that you see and she's called HQS Wellington. Now she was built back in um, oh, in the in the 30s and was used in World War II. And she's become uh, she's come up there and now she sits on the side of the Thames. And we get water into our holding tanks that are from 1930 that are whitewash tanks. They're not um, they're not specifically painted as they do today. They're still kept in the way that they were. One of the deals that we did was we've put some of our equipment or some of Michael's equipment um, into the vessel. Now, in essence, what we've put on there has gone into a space that is no larger than a fairly well-sized broom closet. Yeah, that's about it. And the power supply is a 30-amp supply. Well, the power supply depends on how big the boiler is that we put in if you want to have hot water on the system. But in essence, no more than a 30-amp um, power supply, which is more than any yacht, you know, is, is nothing compared to what can go into a, you know, a, a yacht can pull down or a, a ship can pull down anywhere on the vessel. Um, very compact in its footprint and very, very simple to maintain. And um, integration, but, you know, with, of- integration with existing systems or, or plumbing, easy. You take a feed from what you've got at the moment and feed out. Is that is it that basic or...? So for the integration side of it is very simple. I mean, it, 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 you cut into a pipe and then cut back into a pipe. There are four levels of system that go to the, to, to the end user, and th- each of those levels gives you a different amount of product, if you like, because the product you can – there's a, like a seven-a-tap a faucet that, um, that's marketed with this that – will give you seven levels of water. Having said that, you can use existing pipe, you know, taps that are in the boat. If you've got some a boat that has a particular style of tap, you can use those, but that will then limit how, you know, for instance, you can't get um, aerated water out of that tap, you know, and other products at the same time. So very, 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 very easy to install. And once uh, this COVID thing is up over and done, if there's any listeners who are in London and want to see a demo of it, we can take them to the vessel, you know, on the Thames and uh, w- uh, and give them a demo. It's really simple on how it works. So, 
uh, we will be doing some videos of it too, so they will in time come out online as well. I mean, I, I think I'll hand you back to Michael at this very moment. I mean, he can go through the different levels of how the, the, the types of water that we can give to the end user. That's you, Michael. That's you, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was, waiting for, I was waiting for Dave to ask me, so I thought you went back. And, um, yeah, the, the difference is the different um, areas of what you want sparkling, you want chilled, you want ambient, you want boiling, you want semi-sparkling. There's, there's, there's all variations. What you can buy in a bottle, you can have from this. So oh, well, let, let me it, then... It, it, let it, me, let me put it down to, say, a, a domestic level. I want water that comes out of my tap that I can drink or cook with, not necessarily have a shower with. I'm okay with, say, just the, the, the sink in the kitchen having decent good water coming out of it. I can shower in whatever. Do you have a system that's scalable to that size and upwards? The, the system is it's modular. It's modular and scalable. One point you kept, because you mentioned about the kitchens last time, if you use water that's 9.5 pH and it's natural, not ionized, actually cleans pesticides off all your vegetables. So one of the big benefits is it, it cleans and it doesn't destroy, it doesn't attack the plant. It's, it's, it works with it perfectly. That's, uh, that's quite a selling point. I like, th I like this. <laughs> I think we need one of these Kitchen's in the studio. <laughs> I think we need one of these in the studio, Michael. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but you have you have different models that you can you can um, it, it can produce fizzy if you if you want people uh, ga gaseous water. I love just having pure ambient clean alkaline hydrating water, what we call pure ionic water. By the way, pure means it's clean. Ionic means it's mineral and it's water, so it's pure ionic water. Ionic meaning natural minerals pure ionic water we give you that and we give you one levels where you can have that or you can actually have a tap that will do will work with your hot and cold mains as well as the pure water and we can do what we call a galley tap which is one of those taps that helps you swill the the dishes down and your your fruit and veg whatever you can have that format or you can have just a single tap added to the one you've got to produce sparkling children ambience or as uh, pippa explain to you we have what's called the super seven the elite pi seven tap that does two types of sparkling waters does the chilled water does the ambient water it does everything for the perfect bar for the for, the, <laughs> for what you need so you do not have to keep because we see a lot of the, uh, that have water systems where they're, they're having to buy sparkling water and bring sparkling water on board or they break, have different levels of sparkling water because they like that tech. this can do all so it depends on what the client wants the client gets. Okay, well, I'm going to throw another question at you. This is not a gotcha question. Forgive me for throwing this at you off. But yeah, if you've got an idea, Pippa, you may have a guesstimate on this. An average boat, let's say I've got a 45-meter boat. I adopt one of your systems. What's my break-even time, would you say? I mean, you know the amount of water that a boat has. Bottle after bottle. I mean, it's it, it was crazy the stuff going on board. It sounds to me like at some point like I'm going to be breaking even on this. It's already paid for itself. Well, we actually. Well, sorry, go on, Pippi, you had answer. Well, you, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, when we relate it to the boat, um, when we relate it to the boat. Sorry, I've got to mute you. We're on, to everybody out there. We're on a Zoom call at the moment. The Michael's in a very open room, so he's echoing a lot. Um, when he's when we're talking so i'm i'm muting and unmuting every time doing a great um, job Pippa. because otherwise it's terrible anyway um so in essence on a on a boat i mean it very very much depends 
on the throughput of the water. But I'd say an average 45, uh, 45 meter boat that's got the middle of the range tap is going to break even in somewhere three to six months time. Um, that quick. Uh, just not, not just on the fact that it's going to, to break even either. Uh, um, I mean, the benefits, the other benefits that are involved in it outweigh that, that the financial benefit, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm talking about the cost of the plant and the tap and the, whatever you go against just buying bottled water over a six month period. Um, but, but we're, he- we're heading, to you. you know, we're heading out of this pandemic, uh, please God, someday soon, and uh, we're going to have an economic situation that's going to be daunting for a lot of people, and lots of people are going to be looking at the bottom line, going, oh yeah, do I want to buy into something like this now? But I'm listening to Michael and yourself, and it seems very obvious to me that uh, a system like this, outside of the, the natural benefits, outside of the fact that it sounds like sweet or water it's nicer actually more palatable better hydration better for you but i no longer have that headache of the additional crates of water that i would normally bring on board and the cost of that not only in storage space uh, but financially and you know you bring an extra water on board you're going to be using extra fuel to move that boat small as it might seem but you're still going to be using something there's cost 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 so at some point you know, I'm going to break even on on uh, going down here. So the bottom line for a lot of people, I would think, is uh, an important consideration. Yeah, of course it is. Mm. And, and you know, you know, we are you're talking about fuel use and that's, you know, they're, they're cents on the their cents in the thousand dollars, if you like. But at the end of the day, that's <laughs> a lot of thousand does. dollars goes into filling a tank. <laughs> Although yeah, exactly. So if, but, if you, you know, bought out oil yesterday, you'd have got it for free. But it, <laughs> But in essence, you have to add those little things up. You know, the mm. oldest saying in the book is, "Look after the pennies and the pounds; take after themselves." So, you, yeah, what you're what you're you're saying is absolutely correct. The other thing is too, you know. So the owner is the owner of the boat. Normally, is, you know, uh, to use some trade names, I guess. You know, they they've got their kiwi water or what is it called anyway. The, the, yeah. They've got their water for their table. The crew use you know whatever bottle it is for their, and they. So with this, this you know, we get some nice, you know, get some nice jugs, or you get some nice glass bottles, or whatever, and and uh, engraved with the boat's name, making it look really posh, making it look really sweet. That sits up on the table, and it has the uh, the, the, the normal water and the aerated water and the, the carbonated water in it and everything. Each crew member has his own bottle, or with his name on it. You know, we can we can this the the, the methods of doing this are unending. So that it looks professional, it looks great for the owner. The owner gets the same water time after time after time after time. He's not getting the variations that that, that they get because they can't buy Fiji water in Fiji, or you know, mm. so that so there's no variation in it. It goes, it's endless. The other thing I, I think, and I, Michael can can tell me when I unmute him, he can come back to us and tell us if I'm wrong, but. I believe that it's true of true fact that if you open a bottle of carbonated water and it's open on the table, that that fizz goes away after a while. With the uh, pure ionic water, that fizz stays in it for much longer. Yeah, 100%. There's also something which I wanted to just explain to you about because it was a great question that Dave asked in reference to the bottles. We being we, and because we're environmental and sustainable initiatives that we try to do, we've got a foundation called the Water Smart Foundation. And one of the big 
passions of the Water Smart Foundation and the CEO of the Water Smart Foundation, Sophie Edmonds, she said to me, she said, look, it would be fantastic if we could get some feedback off your systems that tells us how many bottles of water that we've saved, reused, you know, the single use. So we built into this system that's going onto their yacht a counter that actually breaks down how many bottles they've saved. It will tell them. And we want that feedback information because we want to give that to the Water Smart Foundation so they can say these systems have prevented a million plastic single-use bottles. That can be broken down into money. So the accountant on the ship can go, oh, we've saved this much and we've, we'll be able to do that evaluation. And then that we want that feedback so the Water Smart Foundation can have its website to be able to tell the world all these yachts that have purchased this system are actually now, as we said right at the beginning, are helping to repair the future of the planet because they can show from their system how many bottles of water they've not purchased. Can, can you do that That's at yacht shows as well? Yes, we can. Bloody big counter. You'll need a Bloody big, big counter. counter. Yeah. We've got one for wine as well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I need that you to be that me. honest. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the answer is we can keep account of that and show it, and and show it oh, as like an audit. The program inside the system tells them how many single-use plastic bottles they've not purchased, and oh. therefore when we oh. do a maintenance, we can actually come back to them and feed back to them what they've physically saved just on the bottle use. They will then can evaluate that to the weight use and give them an average cost of what they're saying historically. We have found that our systems tend to pay for themselves within a year. From the maintenance perspective, what's involved there? The ongoing, you know, the cost of ownership. So regular maintenance, do I, do I need to buy a bag of minerals that's added to the water, filters, that kind of thing? What do I need there? Right. First of all, it's the system's obviously warranted, and the first year it's covered in the in the unit cost. The second year, there's a cost. What What is actually involved in that warranty is, any moving parts, any mechanical parts, it's replaced. All filters are uh, any changes of filters that might be required are sent to them so they can change themselves. It's all included. It's all involved in the warranty. There's, it's in that cost. There's no added hidden costs. It's something that they know right from the outset. And the service and installation is all provided by uh, Pippa's uh, company, so she can answer the. The question probably better than me on the ongoing service and, and, and maintenance, but the, the warranty does cover them. Okay, and your experience, how often do moving parts need to be replaced? Fortunately, and, and, I, and, I, and I say this hand on heart, we've had a very low um, uh, exchange rate, which is mostly down to delivery damage. <laughs> okay. The delivery, during the delivery, it's caused the problem. But on the ongoing, Unless somebody's actually interfered with it, it's never, never occurred a, 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 a mechanical problem. So it's just you know, every now and again you, you uh, change out your filters, which would be a normal course of, of any of these kind of things? People can answer that question better because she knows the, 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 the formalities of the maintenance. Yeah, so in essence, um, the, the ongoing cost, there's a, there's a test kit that comes with the equipment as part of its, uh, in, of its original so on board, we can have the uh, the engineer or whoever he nominates test the equipment on a weekly basis, monthly basis, whatever. Keep a logbook of it. We can do it electronically. We can do it manually. So we can check the how that system is is working on the ship and how 
uh, you know, and then over a period of time can provide details of when things like the like the filters will need changing on an ongoing basis. I've never thought I'd salivate over water, but you've you've uh, you've brought me to that point. That sounds like an incredible system. Um, thank you, Michael. Thank you for uh, for talking about it and letting us know about it. And Pippa, thank you for bringing it to the industry. My pleasure. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. And um, of course, uh, to our listeners out there, if uh, if they need to get hold of us, they they've got my contact details and nowhere other. We'll be doing some advertising over the next um, month, and uh, you know, in the normal formats. Um, and of course, you can go back to CPR Radio to get our details. Um, yeah, we're always happy to put you in contact with Pippa. If you want some more information, just come to us. When you have more information, Pippa, uh, let us know. We'll put it up on our our website and our social media as well. So people know a little bit more of it i think it's uh sounds great what i love about it is um the more people have this the less people are buying plastic bottled water and screwing up our environment and it sounds like really sweet water never thought i'd say that yeah i, I, I looked forward to trying it out someday michael so i didn't catch what you said oh, there no problem uh thank you about pippa thank you always <laughs> lovely to have you on the show and uh we'll talk soon all right. Thank okay. you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah, bye. That was Michael Adams from Wet Global Holdings. If you want to find out more about it, go to wet-global.com. A nice-looking website, great information on there, and um, certainly an education for me when I went and visited it. And Pippa, as always, you don't need an introduction or a, what's the opposite to introduction? A farewell? <laughs> Take care. I don't know, mate. We'll talk soon. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Thanks for being with us. Making you feel good all day long. This is Super Yacht Radio.